now customized content that really relates to the individual, relates to their wants, their needs, their desires, their persona is becoming more and more important. So it's no longer just a game of educating the consumer with a lot of content, but really speaking specifically to them, knowing their wants, needs, and desires, and tailoring the content you're presenting to them to speak to them in that level. One of the biggest shifts in B2B content marketing strategy today is a shift away from content that relates to your product and talks loosely about your industry, and more towards customized content that relates more directly with your customer. The days of, quote, X best practices for small businesses, unquote, are fading away with a new focus on more targeted and customized content. Today's episode is with Steven Saber, the CEO of The Pulse Network. I asked him what are some of the biggest changes to how customers interact with content that we've seen over the past decade or so. You know, if we compare them to a decade ago, it really has to do with the knowledge base that they have and the ability that they have to basically educate themselves and be the consumer who knows more, basically knows what they want and how they want to get it. And so your whole way of selling and teaching and training and marketing is totally different now than it was before. And that, again, even in 18 months time frame, that's changed a lot. And you guys at the Pulse Network sort of talk a lot about uh, Buyer 2.0. I just want to hear how would you sort of describe Buyer 2.0? What would that persona profile be? I'll describe it with a little story. There's, there used to be a company on the East Coast called Sims. They were a retail company, and their whole slogan was the educated consumer is my best customer. And today, Buyer 2.0 is the educated consumer. So Buyer 2.0 has done research. They've, they've identified both the market segment, the product segments, the pricing models. They've educated themselves independently of the organization, and they come prepared. They come knowing what they want. They know how they want to buy it. They know what they want to spend. And so our job as marketers and businesses is to get into that education cycle and be a part of their knowledge growth, which ultimately will become part of their buying experience. Yeah, for sure. And, and customized content, uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, what what does that exactly mean? Could you maybe provide an example or two of, of what specifically uh, this customized content is doing to help these folks sort of engage with you and your your brand? Let's take a consumer product example. If you were in the consumer product business selling a food product, for instance, and it was a healthy food segment, and you were speaking to, it used to be that you could simply speak to the benefit of health food, the benefit of organic versus non-organic versus uh, GMOs, no GMOs, and all the things related to that. And people would pick up and they'd interpret it the way they want. Nowadays, you really have to understand if you're speaking to a health fanatic, a fitness fanatic, a mother, a professional, those are very different categories. A millennial, those are five different categories of consumers that will want content that not just speaks in a generic way about those particular issues, but speaks specifically to them. So if they're talking to a fitness fanatic, you need to talk about how it will affect the workout, how it will affect your fitness, your daily life, your activities, your strengthening, your, your conditioning. If you're speaking to a mother, sort of the stay-at-home mom or the soccer mom, as they like to call them, now you're talking about how that affects family, how it affects child development, how it affects the, the health of your kids, your family, your community. If you're speaking to the millennial, you may be talking about how it's better for the environment, how it's better for, uh, you know, it's healthy for you, but it's good for the world. And so it's the same core content, but it's presented in a very different way because they're looking at it and understanding it in a very different way. Uh, Stephen, would you say these are sort of different personas or are we sort of talking about, you know, the ability to personalize content, you know, in real time to these people, depending on how they access the website and the way that they are looking to consume this content. So you just mentioned three different things, but and it's it's I don't want to say it's all of the above because that makes it too confusing because it's actually 
and you can get too granular in which case it doesn't make sense but you have to start with what is the persona of the customer what what segment you build them into persona buckets or customer segments don't get too granular but get smart enough where you can identify and start to lead them in a direction the second point you bring up is the key one which is monitor their activities monitor their consumption monitor what it is they're paying attention to and use that to then tailor and provide follow-up information and more detailed information, more responsive content to them. The third piece that you mentioned in terms of the channels, that's a little bit different. That's because one is about telling the content and what the, the message. The third is the delivery mechanism, which has to be done anyway, but is a lot less. That really is tailored to the individual and how they're consuming, not as much what it is you're presenting. So you can present that customized content as written video audio, downloadable, all different forms, and then watch which way they're consuming. Those are two almost independently but conjoined uh, ideas. Yeah, and that third part too, I want to you know parse that out a little bit. Uh, would you say, Stephen, is I guess multi-channel sort of the best way today at least to engage w- with these folks? You know, I love, it's, it's interesting whether you call it multi-channel or cross-channel because I've seen it called both. What do you call it? What's the? Is there a correct way? There is no correct way. Okay. Not yet. I think it's critical because it's really about access. And what it comes down to is providing access level to your content and the way that it's consumable by the individual. Multi-channel is really saying, look, I will provide it in a lot of different ways. You can consume it in the way you'd like to. Cross-channel is saying, I will provide the same experience no matter which channel you run, and one may lead to the other and back and forth. So it's a little bit different the way I see it. And I think that multi-channel is absolutely critical because First of all, it's, it's incredibly simple now, which is something people need to realize, but it's critical because the consumer will determine the way that they want to get out that content and use it. And that's something that it's somewhat persona oriented, but it's definitely not persona based because you can see people within different persona categories having much different preferences in terms of how they want to consume their content. Absolutely. And Stephen, what would you say, what are some sort of common mistakes that you see companies making and other brands making when trying to engage with their customers in this space? How can we sort of learn from those mistakes as well? Take advantage of what you have for content. If it's been sitting on the shelf, repurpose it, reuse it, and re-energize it. Because a lot of people's industries just don't change that fast, where they have to worry about always rebuilding new content. It's really about taking the content you've got and putting it out there and just bringing it back to life. So the first mistake I think people make is leaving content, letting it sit on the shelf. The second is misinterpreting a channel problem with a content problem. You may distribute a piece of content in a certain mechanism, whether it's a podcast or a video cast or a newsletter or an email, and find that it didn't get great results, not realizing that it was the channel, the way you pushed out the content that was the problem, not the content itself. So Oftentimes, people trip up over that. The third is not creating a good cadence. One of the things that really becomes important, particularly as you're developing a relationship with the customer, is identifying and creating a cadence of conversation with them. So create a level of expectation and then live up to that expectation. And you'll find over time that you'll build loyalty and you'll build engagement. And then the final is really the stall at the gate. So People oftentimes, you know, they spend a lot of time planning, a lot of time thinking, and not a lot of time just getting up and doing. And so get out there to get started and let it be, you know, agile is another word that gets thrown a lot, around a lot, but let it be something that can develop over time and that really you can piece it to, you know, you'll work through the process as you, as you get going. So let it be fluid, let it be moving, but don't forget to get started. Don't forget to get out of the out of the box. And then... My final point is don't get caught up in the shiny new object. 
people jump on the next new thing. Now everybody wants the blab because blab is becoming the thing that everybody, the cool kids are doing. Yeah, that's great. But blab doesn't do a lot for a lot of people. And just because it's cool doesn't make it valuable. And so, and that's just one example, but there's people get caught up in that all the time. And the shiny new object is typically not the thing that's going to grow your business. Uh, you mentioned something interesting, Stephen, and that is Agile. I feel like I've heard a lot about that uh, fairly recently, Agile marketing. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on Agile marketing? Have you sort of come across it a lot recently as well? Or do you sort of see that as a next sort of big thing that, that companies and teams are going to start to try and adapt? I think they're going to have to because reality is that the consumer is changing and the consumer habits are changing because the consumer is changing. They're just changing the way that they do things. And so having a plan that an 18, 24-month plan or even in a three-month plan often just that you're sitting and you're executing on doesn't get you the ability to adapt to that changing environment that you're dealing with with your customers. So by being agile and being able to be responsive to the data, and not getting caught up in the analytics, but letting the analytics guide you becomes a key part of helping to grow your business and helping to make it be successful. So I think that, you know, it used to be just a term that people threw around. I think at this point, it really is becoming a philosophy that people have to follow. And how agile do you think teams should become? I know uh, here at Technology Advice, we sort of transitioned into a quarterly agile marketing plan where every quarter we're sort of revisiting and recreating personas and, and who we're trying to target. Do you think that's sort of a, a good, I guess, best practice in terms of being an agile marketing team? I think that's a best start. I think ultimately we're going to have to get to a monthly cycle. You see development, you know, where agile development has gone and it's really building in two-week cycles. And I think we're going to see two to four week cycles in terms of marketing where we'll just you know, where people will start to be able to react quicker and smarter to what's going on. Very interesting. Final question here, Stephen. 2016, what are you most looking forward to uh, this year in uh, the marketing world? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more companies get on the bandwagon and get going. You know, we'll see us settling out in the marketplace in terms of what's out there the noise in terms of all the different opportunities and what people are throwing out there. But I think the mystique has gone and people now understand what needs to get done. And so I'm excited to see people actually doing it and delivering and getting engaged with their customers in a much more aggressive way through content. So how can our listeners find out more about you and about the Pulse Network? Yeah, check us out at www.tpni.com, or you don't need the www anymore, but check us out at tpni.com. You can always email email me, S-S-A-B-E-R, as Saber, at tpni.com. Or for sure, check out, you know, we're doing uh, webcasts all the time on these topics and these issues. I'd love to have you sign up, check them out, and see more. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again, Stephen, for joining me today. Great episode, and uh, hopefully we can uh, chat again in a couple months. I'd love to. Thanks for having me, Josh. Take care. If you are listeners would like to find out more about B2B Nation's Marketing Edition, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Twitter. Give us a follow or subscribe. Just let us know you're there. Thanks for listening.